When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, indeed. Let's go hour number two on a Tuesday. It's Chad and Zay with you. I'm Chad Hastings. He is Isaiah Collier. Got a lot of football on the board. Talking Sark's press conference from yesterday. Spring practice underway for the Longhorns. Franchise tag day in the NFL. And yes, still reacting to the combine and getting ready for the draft. It is closer than you think. We're only 51 days away from the NFL draft. Let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline. We'll get a little draft talk in with Joe DeLeon, draft analyst and host of the first team on Stadium TV, a part of the Believe Podcast Network. Joe, we appreciate the time. How are you? I'm doing great. Getting a little rest in after the whirlwind of the, the NFL Combine and just getting ready for the NFL draft in a couple of months. Excited that it's the, the best time of the year with, with everything that's coming up. Yeah, I know you guys dig this time of year, all, but, but it is super busy, so we do appreciate the time. Let me just start with, it is such a wonderful freak show at the Combine. These guys are incredible. The talent we get to see. Real quick before we get into some specifics, do you have a favorite freak from the 2023 Combine? If you were going to talk to somebody in an elevator today and they said, hey, give me one name, who was your? do you have a favorite? guy coming out of it i mean we got to bring up the one guy that everyone's buzzing about which is anthony richardson and i know it's a little too cliche at this point it's a little overdone but for a guy to run a 4 4 40 at 244 pounds and at six foot four to make some of the deep throws look so easy the way that he did he is such an explosive athlete and i understand why it's become such a divisive topic and it's become such a, a controversial opinion that no one sits in between. No one thinks that Anthony Richardson is going to go to the NFL and just be average. He's either going to be an all pro or he might be really terrible if, if things don't work out and he doesn't go to the right situation. But it was crazy watching him move like that. I don't think we've ever seen uh, an, an NFL quarterback test like that before. And if he hits, man, I'm excited to see what kind of damage he can do at the next level. You know, Joe, you just mentioned Anthony Richardson and the show that he put on in Indianapolis, and it makes you think about Bryce Young and the things that he didn't do. Now, I know he met the way that, you know, these 32 NFL GMs could be cool with, and plus, you know, the height, you're all right with that. But when you see, you know, the ball placement that C.J. Stroud was putting on, and again, what Anthony Richardson did, you could get why Bryce Young didn't participate in all the events. Yeah, that's where I stand on this. And coming into the week, I did some other radio spots where people are asking me, justifiably, is it going to hurt Bryce Young? But notice how right now most people aren't talking about Bryce Young, which is what he wanted. That was the, the good positive out of this is that he wasn't under five foot ten like some people believed, and he was over 200 pounds, and he came in with pretty big hands for his size too, which was a positive. But because he didn't throw, no one's sitting here playing the comparison game of, 
him to Richardson, who we would have thrown in the same group as him, or him to C.J. Stroud, who we knew coming into the day was the most natural passer in this class. He's got just such a natural, easy arm, and we're not doing that. We're comparing Anthony Richardson to Will Levis. We're comparing C.J. Stroud to Levis and Richardson, and we're trying to decide where does this all fit. But because Young didn't do any of the testing or the throwing, we're not really having that debate. We're going to get to see it as pro day, and hopefully he puts up some good numbers. But I, I think that Young might be a sneaky winner from, from the weekend because he didn't put himself in a potentially negative situation by having a bad number or a couple bad throws in the throwing session. Talking NFL Draft with Joe DeLeon. Again, check out the Believe Podcast Network. He's the host of the first team on Stadium TV. Um, Joe, in, just to stay with the quarterbacks, because of Richardson, when you look at this draft, do you think all four of these quarterbacks might be gone top 10 or maybe it extends into the top 15? Where do you think this stands now after the combine? I absolutely think that it's more likely than not that we have four go in the top 10. I just think as we've seen in the history of the NFL draft, with any position, but especially quarterback, once teams get desperate and they realize that if they can't go and get a guy at the position that they need, or even for the quarterback's sake, a guy that they really like, say a team is in love with Bo Levis, if they're worried and they're picking outside of the top 10, if they're worried that somebody might come up and get them, they're not going to take that risk. They're going to trade up. They're not going to wait. I, I look back at what the the New York Giants did back when they drafted Daniel Jones, I think most people would have agreed that Daniel Jones was realistically supposed to go in the top 15, but because of the fact that the Giants didn't want to risk out on that possibility to not get him and not be able to draft him, they drafted him at six, which is way earlier than he should have gone. I think that this class is more talented than that year's class, uh, so I think that there's going to be a really early run. All it takes is one team to trade up, and I think that we could have a team of uh, – or a flurry of teams trading up with the Cardinals and with the Bears to get in position to draft their quarterbacks. Joe, we know the value of running back is not the same that we would see in the 90s. And, you know, being at the horn, we saw a lot of B. John Robinson these last three years. We know that he's going to be the first running back taken. And he didn't have to do everything that he did in Indianapolis this past weekend, but he did, and he did it well. Do you see anybody moving up for him in the first round because of what he did in Indianapolis? Or where do you see Bijan Robinson going at this point? I think Bijan really solidified where he belongs in the first round, somewhere in the middle of the first round, maybe even at that 10 spot for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, which is where I believe is the first most likely selection because the team that's going to draft Bijan is going to be a team that has a, a solidified offense and not as many major needs that they need to address. So the Eagles fit that exactly. Uh, Miles Sanders might not be coming back, so for them to get Bijan and to throw him in, into the mix, you're going from having the best rushing attack in the NFL to having potentially an unstoppable one. Bijan is that good, and I think in his first season, he's good enough to go for over 1,200 rushing yards, assuming he plays the full year. He is that good of a player. But to your point, didn't need to do the testing, but I would actually throw out there that him testing and him looking as clean and as efficient as he could in all those drills, he looked like a completely different athlete compared to some of these other guys. There were these various bag drills that you saw some of the more mid-round players. Guys were tripping over the bags. Guys weren't clearing them as easily. They weren't as 
smooth, but Bijan, man, not only is he explosive, but he just looked like the easiest athlete, maybe even at the combine. I honestly believe that Bijan might be the best overall football player in this class. He is that good of an athlete. Now, he's a running back, so no one's going to draft him first overall, and we're not going to take a, him over a quarterback or an offensive lineman. But overall, I think he is the best football player in this class, and his impact in the NFL could be immediate. Talking uh, with Joe DeLeon, NFL Draft Talk here on the Horn. Uh, Joe, uh, for me and a lot of Cowboys fans, it would crush their soul if the Eagles uh, did take him at 10. Uh, so let's move to the Cowboys, though. By the time it gets to 26, there are some Longhorn fans around these parts that would love for Bijan to still be there at 26, but that probably doesn't happen now. So tell me about the Cowboys at 26. What do you think they should be looking for? Is there a match that you've kind of uh, you know, felt for them that makes sense? Yeah, I think for where the Cowboys are picking and their needs that make the most sense, this receiver class is going to have most of their top guys go in the back end of the first round. I could very well see an added receiver into the mix uh, to to pair with C.D. Lamb. Maybe it's somebody like Josh Downs or Jalen Hyatt or Zay Flowers. Uh, I also would pay attention to maybe some of the defensive backs that are available, somebody like Brian Branch, or if there are some of these DBs like Clark Phillips from Utah that are on the board. I think as we get towards the back end of the first round, the options definitely do get a little bit uh, less exciting. One other thing I would pay attention to as well is that if, if Dalton Schultz isn't coming back and they need to address tight end and they want to do it in the draft, this is the year to do it. There's a lot of talent in this tight end class, and Michael Mayer's probably not going to be on the board but I think it's more realistic than someone to admit that Dalton Kincaid, uh, the uh, very talented player out of Utah, I think that he could be in the mix for that spot. I would be willing to take him that early at the back end of the first round, and I think that he'd be an instant impact player. Uh, maybe not like a super high-volume player, but a highly impactful rookie at tight end for the Cowboys. Joe, who at the Combine were you a little disappointed with, you know, coming into the Combine you thought they would test better and maybe hurt their draft stock a little bit? Yeah, uh, I think that, that one person who definitely didn't test as, as well as uh, I was hoping for was, well, the one biggest disappointment was Andrew Voorhees. And uh, the injury that he suffered was, was just so devastating for him because I wanted to see how he was going to move. And I know it's for a different reason. I think that there weren't too many guys at the Combine that were very massive negative players. But Voorhees, for me, was the biggest one where I wanted to see how was he going to move up against some of these other guys because I had some movement concerns for him. But he ends up tearing his ACL, and he goes down really early. And he's had an injury history in the past. And having him suffering an injury at the Combine is always going to be a detriment to one's draft stock because it's so late in the process. He's not going to be able to complete any of his other workouts. Uh, but I think that there's going to be some question marks for a guy like Andrew Voorhees on what is his longevity in the NFL as a guy who was a six-year player at USC uh, and also somebody who, again, has sustained multiple injuries. Is he going to be somebody who is routinely hurt? I think right now for me, I'd be willing to draft him somewhere on day three, and he's probably going to be a long-term backup. But I don't know if his body can take a, a full season of NFL hits as a starter. Mm. 
Talking NFL Draft with Joe DeLeon. Joe, uh, just full disclosure, Zay and I have both been Darnell Washington marks since he jumped over that dude at Oregon. Uh, And then at the Combine when he made the one-handed catch, as a Cowboys fan, I admit it, I kind of wanted him at that point. Did he do enough to you think maybe get into a late first round type of discussion, or is that just me falling for a Combine freak? I think he belongs in that late first round discussion. I think that he's going to get brought up, and I think some teams are going to be interested in him. He's certainly a top five tight end in this class in my eyes. I even just tweeted out a video a few hours ago of of Darnell Washington making just a a very similar catch, not in the end zone, but where he just extends, puts his hand up, plucks the ball out of the air. And, And that jump ball ability is so rare, and it's so valuable in the NFL. My only concern with Darnell Washington is that he doesn't really have any evidence to point to to say that he can be a high-volume type of a tight end in the NFL. So I'm willing to draft him early, somewhere on day two, maybe more as a a very high-value second tight end that is a very impactful blocker. We know that he's a really good blocker, but if he can be somebody who can catch more than 30 balls a year, that I don't know for sure. Uh, but I think if you do draft him on day two, it makes it a little bit more of a safer cushion for drafting someone like that. But the hype makes sense because he's six seven. He runs a, a four six. He has some of the best jumps out of any of the tight ends. He moves so easily. Uh, Darnell Washington's a really exciting player. So uh, I definitely am buying into the hype as well. Yeah. Joe, Jalen Carter, we know what happened with him last week being arrested for that horrific incident that happened in Athens a couple of months ago. But if that didn't happen, he might be talked about as the number one pick still. Now, after it happening, where do you think he's going to go and how far do you think he's going to drop? Yeah, I I believe after all of this, he's still somewhere in the top 10. I, I think that there was a lot of shock how things played out and the way that his name was tied to the death of a teammate and also the death of somebody that is associated with the the Georgia program. But if we read into it a little bit more, he's not being held liable for their deaths. He's instead being held accountable for uh, reckless driving and the very poor decisions that he made that night. Uh, I think what comes down to that is that some teams might not take him off their Ward, but are just going to be wary of taking him and are going to be very aggressive in doing their due diligence because the talent's there. This is not a guy like a guy that, you know, was maybe a fringe player that we were maybe considering putting in the top 10 or the top 15. He was good enough to go first overall, as you said. I think he and Will Anderson are the two best players in this class. I think some teams are going to be willing to take that risk, but there is going to be a worry of, like, is this a guy that we're going to get a phone call on a Thursday night before a game? Is he going to do something stupid that could jeopardize the season? And we don't want to waste a pick on a guy who's not focused and not mature. But uh, I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of homework done on him now, especially because of his talent level. And maybe somebody in the back end of the top 10, if he slides a little bit, would be getting a steal if they can confirm that uh, he can get his, uh, his actions in line and, and not make any more bad decisions like this. Joe, before we let you go, I wanted to ask you a Texans question. I saw a couple of mock drafts that maybe even had the idea of him slipping to Houston at 12. I think Texans fans might be happy with that kind of a talent get at 12. Talk to me about those two picks for them. They're sitting right now at 2 and 12. Um, what's the perfect scenario for you, for the Texans, uh, if they come out of those two picks with what and what? what what's successful for you? 
I think that that first pick that they have at two, they they 100% need to draft the quarterback. There is going to be a flurry of teams that are moving up the trade, as we talked about earlier, to go and get their guy. And I don't think that Davis Mills is the guy. They need to take advantage of a, a very rare and unique opportunity, which is to be picking in the top two and to select the quarterback. And whoever goes first, if it ends up being Bryce Young, it puts them in a position to go and get whoever they like the second best. I, I do have an indication that the Texans aren't the biggest fans of Young because of his size. So I think that if that does happen and Young does go first, it probably would be C.J. Stroud or maybe Will Levis. But C.J. Stroud is, is to me, the more safer pick. Uh, at 12, if they do get Jalen Carter, that is an absolute steal for them. Uh, but outside of that, I, I see them needing some edge help. I see them needing a little bit of a boost in their pass rush. They got a really talented corner in Derek Stingley, who I don't think got enough buzz for how he did last year, but add some talented edge rushers that are worthy of being selected in the top 15 this year. I look at Lucas Van Ness from Iowa, who is a tall, long, explosive athlete. I look at a Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech, who's also a, a massive player who got some really nice athletic traits. Even if Miles Murphy's on the board, I'd be willing to take him in that spot. But get your premier edge rusher, get some pass rush, get a little juice in that uh, pass rush game, and I think that you come out with a great draft if you get a pass rusher and a quarterback. We are only 51 days away from the NFL draft. That's Joe DeLeon. Check out the first team on Stadium TV, part of the Believe Podcast Network. If you're on Twitter, at Joe DeLeon, it is just that simple. Joe, we appreciate the time, man. Enjoy the after combine, before draft rest, and uh, hopefully we can talk to you down the road, man. It was good stuff. Of course. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Joe. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, Joe DeLeon uh, with some interesting thoughts there. Yeah, looking at a if I'm a Texans fan, the idea that this Carter situation could have him fall to 12. Yeah. You just wait, stay patient, cross your fingers, and if he's still sitting there, oh my goodness. that'd be I, I think that'd be an, about as easy a card as you could turn in. Yeah, I mean, Joe is right. You do have to worry about the off-field problems, but... Yeah, he's just too talented to let pass by, especially if he rolls to you at 12. Yeah, you got to just, I mean, you, we, we talked about it when the story came up. You got to talk to that kid about, is this something, is this something that could lead you into some like real character things or things in his life that he can't get away from that would be detrimental to a career? Or is this a guy that won a national championship? Sorry, back-to-back national championships. Back-to-back. And he was driving a car a little, a little fast. Is that it? I mean, he's not going to say, yeah, fellas, I need that rush. I don't know when it's going to hit me, but, you know, just, I need it. I I understand that. (laughs) I get that he's not going to tell them specifically. You know what I'm saying? I need it. You got to get the sense. You got to ask other people, not just him. You got to find out. Maybe Kirby Smart would tell you. Because Nick Saban would tell you, I think. Nick Saban has said in the past, all they had to do was ask me. I'd have told them not to draft certain people. And she's like, okay. I think certain people from his from Alabama. Wow. Now he's I've never heard him say a name. Okay. But I've heard him say that. So deep down, I think if you got if you get a good relationship with these coaches where it's like, hey coach, what about this? What about that? What about high speed chases or what about this, that, whatever? He might tell you, no, man, that's a good kid. Yeah. That's a good kid. That was one night versus, yeah, something's up with that guy. There's two. That's two different versions. Yeah, because when that check comes, that first check, 
and that's the most zeros you've ever seen in your life. Oh, yeah. Your thought process starts to change. Yep. Yep. Uh, no doubt. So uh, where Jalen Carter ends up could be interesting. We're seeing him now dropping down towards that bottom side of the top 10, maybe even to 12 Texans fans. Maybe something to keep in mind. Thanks to Joe for his time. Up next, we'll keep talking football um, with the Flex 30 segment. If you don't know Blake Frazier's name, you maybe should if you're a Longhorn fan. We'll tell you why. Plus, jersey number changes for the Longhorns. We'll tell you where those talented freshmen are going to be in terms of the jerseys. And there's one star on offense that made a jersey change number that we definitely need to let you know about. Plus, if you don't know what Arch is wearing, we're going to tell you that too. Don't move. It's the horn. Chad and Zay. That's so good. That is so good. Dr. John? Dr. John. It's got to be. There's a lot of people on this list, but I don't know. He might be number one on this list of only one person sings like that. I've never heard anybody try that's even close to that. He sounds like this on every song. I love his voice. God, I love his voice. It's so good. When he does that, like that whole thing. Nobody sounds like Dr. John, but that guy, man. Dr. John, Duran Duran, Aaron Frazier, all a part of the show today. We appreciate you for being a part of it. Longhorn football talk certainly today. We talked about the Sark press conference stuff earlier. We'll keep getting into that. Also, Longhorn jersey updates for you. A couple jersey numbers you're going to look for uh, coming up here in the flex segment, uh, as well as a local stud who's going to visit the Longhorns pretty soon. Want to remind you about Longhorn baseball before that. Texas against Sam Houston State, 630, uh, 6-15 pregame tonight. If you don't go see the Longhorns at home play baseball, in the next couple weeks, that's your fault. 14 in a row. They're going to play 14 in this homestand. So they have played 11 games at 4-7. and seven. That means when they go to College Station to play the Aggies in the midweek, they will have played 25 games. What will the record be after 25 games? We will see. And from the other perspective, A&M hasn't exactly stormed out of the gates in baseball this year. Yeah, what kind of place is this? What two teams will be meeting in late March when they go to College Station? That's going to be interesting to see uh, after you know, A&M drops that series to Portland. They've been kind of struggling. Texas will play a home series against Tech right before they go to College Station. First conference series will end this little homestand. So, if you're a Longhorn baseball fan, just something to keep in mind. And it's LeBaron Johnson tonight again, who's been getting the start on the midweek games. Yeah, you know, these next 14 games, being 4-7, and seven, I say you got to win at least 10 of them. At least. Um, yeah, I mean, that'd be a nice number. That'd That's be a, what I'm going for. That'd be a nice number to shoot for. Get, get at least 10 of them. That'd make me feel better going into 
conference play. That puts you over 500. That's yeah. another thing I've heard people talk about. When you get out of this homestand, you need to be over 500, don't yeah. you? Mm-hmm. Considering who you're about to play, considering who you play with the, on the backside yeah. of things. And considering who you are. And, and considering who you're supposed to be. That's right. Right now as Texas baseball. So that's tonight at 6.30. Alright, let's get into the Flex 30 segment. We'll start with a guy that'll visit the Longhorns coming up and then talk jersey numbers. Here we go. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. All right, last football season, we talked a lot about the Vandegrift Vipers and uh, some of their studs that have moved on. One of the big names we kept talking about, Zay, last year was Ian Reed, big offensive lineman, their left tackle last year, and he's going to be at Clemson this year helping to uh, to protect a, West, a Westlake stud. That's right? right. Vandegrift protecting Westlake. Well, another one of their big guys is Blake Frazier. Now, Blake is class of 24. Four. So he will be back for another season of Vandegrift. Four-star offensive lineman, and he has been making visits. I saw over the weekend he was at LSU. So I saw pictures of him and Brian Kelly. Said he really enjoyed his time there. And Zay, I'm seeing this offer list, and it includes all kinds of big dogs. I see Auburn, Clemson, Florida, Florida State, there's LSU, Michigan, Miami, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, Oregon, Stanford, TCU, Texas, Texas A&M, UTSA, Vanderbilt, LSU again. Just to wait, LSU's on there twice. How is that possible? We can't have LSU on the list twice. That's not. That's not fair. Tampering. Uh, one says they didn't offer. One says they did. Wait, wait a minute. Are there two different LSU's? Anyway, um, so Blake Frazier has now also tweeted out that he'll be headed to. Austin, March 25th. So Texas is already offered, but he's going to make a visit on March 25th. So keep that name in mind, Longhorn fans. Blake Frazier, four-star, talented offensive lineman. Yeah. Somebody the Longhorns are looking at for the next class. Yeah, you know Ian Reed just got a lot of attention, but for Frazier, as deep as they went this year and playing against some of the best edge rushers and defensive players in the state and dominating them like he did to help Vandergriff have the run they had. That's why he's getting all this attention, and it's well deserved. Yeah, no doubt. Like that's that's what happens. Like we just talked about King Flemings yesterday on him dominating in the San Antonio region for San Antonio Brennan. Now those offers are starting to come. So. Yep. If you win, they'll find you. You just gotta stay the course. You yeah. know, a lot of guys think that it just comes overnight. You gotta win and show that you can compete against the best. Then those offers will start coming in. And Frazier, you know, he's showing that for sure. Yeah. Best of luck to uh, Frazier making uh, making that choice at some point. And obviously, best of luck to the Vipers coming up next season. Now, as far as some of the young guys coming to Texas, we've been talking about these names for a while in the flex segments and, and otherwise. So we wanted to update you as we are, uh, you know, walking up on the spring game, only 40 days away from the spring game today. So, Zay, the talented linebacker, let's start on the defensive side of the ball. Anthony Hill, zero. Zero. Okay, taking DeMarion Overshone's number. Kind of like that. Now, we've also talked about this talent. Jonte Cook out of DeSoto trading in the green for the burn orange, and he'll be rocking number two. Number two. So he will be taking – that's Roshan's number, right? Roshan's old number? Correct. He'll be wearing number two. And the talented running back out of Florida, Mr. Baxter, will be wearing number four. And I'm seeing him as C.J. Baxter. 
Okay. So on the roster, it's listed as C.J. Baxter. So that's what I'm going to go with till somebody corrects us. I mean, I've heard Cedric Baxter, Cedric Baxter Jr. What Craig Way say? Have we heard Craig Way say it recently? I asked Craig today. Craig says, I've heard C.J. as well. Okay. So I'm going to go C.J. Yeah, Craig says that we go on C.J. Mama named him Clay. I'm going to call him Clay. Mama named Clay. I'm going to call Clay. C.J. Baxter is what we'll go with there. Uh, A.D. Mitchell, the transfer from Georgia, will go with number five on offense. And then five on defense, Malik Muhammad. Ooh. How about that? I like that. Young man taking that is was that Jameson? Jameson. That's Jameson's number, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, five. So you said CJ Baxter has four. That means Jordan Whittington does not. Does not. That is true. Okay. That's the that's the change of a guy we need to let you know about that is already here. Jordan Whittington, he's going with lucky number thirteen. Interesting. This year. Yeah. I wonder if that's something where has he always wanted thirteen? Was he Decided? To, did he just just decide to be nice to the kid? Did he? Well, he wouldn't call him a kid, but did he yeah. decide to be nice to the freshman and let you know? So you know what, Baxter? I hear you're good. Go ahead. I don't know. Maybe he always wanted thirteen, and some. I, mean, I can't remember who else would have had thirteen. I know because for some reason that Quero, I want to say he was twenty one. I might be wrong. Ooh, I think you might be. Well, since we're all trying to imagine that I'm one game, to, yeah. <laughs> Remember that one game? I want to say he was in his twenties. Was that a Our, state title game where he did seven thousand things? Ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous. It was so silly how they used him was, back in high school. Yeah, that was dumb. Um, what else? So Malik Muhammad with five. Jalen Catalan, the transfer from Arkansas. He'll wear eleven. Which okay, that was Anthony Cook's Anthony last Anthony Cook's old number, yeah. Uh, Arch Manning will wear 16. We already talked about that. Arch, you know, Peyton Manning wore 16 at Tennessee. Uh, of course, Arch Manning, uh, Archie Manning was 18 at Ole Miss. Mm. Mile, 18 miles per hour is the speed limit on campus because of Archie. Like, he's the biggest deal they'll ever have. That's so dope. I mean, no matter what Eli ever did there, he was never going to be uh, what his dad was. So, and I think he knows that. So, Arch is 16. And then a couple other names that I thought were maybe interesting. Remember the big uh, big line, offensive lineman, Jaden Chapman from uh, Harker Heights? Yes. 75 will be his number if you're looking. And Zay, I now have a bow to put on the present for you. Not only did you get Colton Vosick to flip from OU, I got a number for you. How about 92? We'll Col- take it. Colton Vosick. We'll take it. You wouldn't care if he was wearing... He could 105. Because <laughs> he could have a nine-digit number and you I wouldn't care. I don't give a damn. That's what I'm talking about, Colton. Colton Vosick has decided he wants to wear a picture of a family member rather than a jersey number. Who cares? Who Yo, cares? Let him let him play. When Steve Sarkeesian had his press conference yesterday, he said one, two things that we've got to focus on. we got to improve our passing game, and we got to get more pressure on the quarterback. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which they got a lot of pressure on the quarterback last year. But they didn't take the quarterback down. A lot of pressure. They were there. Not too many takedowns that you want to see. Yep. It was a lot better than year one for Steve Sarkeesian, five and seven. Way better. Mm-hmm. But get that quarterback down. That's going to be huge for this 2023 squad. You got to turn the pressure into a hurry and then into a knockdown. That's right. Even if you don't get the sack, you still got two things between where you were and where you want to get. Yeah. We had Hunter Dickerson looking like Mark Brunel. <laughs> 
before Iowa State came into town. Come on, man. Something uh, like that can't happen. No. no can't, can't happen. No, that's uh, – that is one of the things they've got to do. Got to get a little more pressure. Maybe Mr. Vasek is part of that. Obviously, we talked about Colton a lot in flex segments throughout last football season. 92 for Colton Vasek. We do the flex segment every day at 1.30. Remember, check out FLXATX on your social media. I'm looking at the Twitter account right now to see that Blake Frazier will be visiting on March 29th, uh, 25th. rather. Go check out some other stuff at Flex, including some of those great weightlifting videos. Ooh, I do love those. You want to see Jacob Henry on the bench press? Go check it out. You want to see uh, one of the guys, where's my man from? One of the Cedar Park guys squatting over 400, like 430, 440, whatever it was. Go check that out at Flex as well. Up next, it's Where Are We At in Society with Zay. And at 2 o'clock, we'll get back into some of the big stories of the day. Franchise tag day in the NFL and Ja Morant. How long is he going to have to sit out? Is there any way he can get his way out of this story? We'll continue to talk about that on this March 7th, 2.30. We'll do Why Today Matters as well. It is National Serial Day. So we're probably talking about that, too. This is The Horn. Some folks say that Willie Green. Oh, oh, hey, oh, 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 no. Whoa. Oh, no. Oh, did we get it? We got it. We got it. Oh, I got it. Okay. Damn. For those of you listening on the app right now. <laughs> We would like to say hello to your children, kids. Kids, let's be careful with our language sometimes. Uh, there are, you know, there are big people words, and sometimes we say those big people words in uh, in a song, and sometimes we think we've found a clean version of that song, but we have not. We have not. That's on me. Who's, who's the artist there? What's <laughs> Rudy Ray Moore? Rudy Ray? Come on, Rudy. Dolomite, which now I'm thinking about mm, Dolomite. Yeah, that's on me. Come on, man. I could have sworn it was just the song. <laughs> it wasn't. He went, with the, he went with the Rudy Ray Moore. <laughs> that's fantastic. All right, Rudy Ray Moore. Just a little bit. Enough. Just, just a little just bit. Just enough, but I, <laughs> not too much of Rudy Ray Moore. Yo, right when he started talking, chat, mm, I could feel it coming. Yeah, that's tough. I that was is like, tough. this dude's about to say something wild. <laughs> this, this dude is about to go there. <laughs> and then he did. Uh, by the way, uh, before we get to where we at in society, someone texted earlier on in the show and said, come on, Arch's dad was not an SEC quarterback. If that's what you heard, that is not what we meant to say. I thought we said his dad and his family members were in the SEC. But yeah, you, I'm pretty sure we said that. But you're absolutely right. To clarify, both uncles were quarterbacks. Granddad was a quarterback. His dad was a receiver at Tennessee until concussions took him out, I think. Okay. Or it was some kind of leg injury or whatever. I knew he got hurt. Yeah, yeah. He got hurt, and they had to end the career. Cooper was a receiver at Tennessee and went to to Tennessee like Peyton did. Thank you for the clarification. If we said that, that is not what we meant to say. Cooper was cold, supposedly. I've always heard he was pretty darn good, yeah. I don't remember Cooper playing. Like they said at Isidore Newman, when Peyton was a sophomore, Cooper was a senior. Yeah. They broke records. And put up numbers. He's also, uh, as I've learned over time, just like those other two guys, he's sneaky funny. Oh, yeah, he is funny. He's got a little sneaky sense of humor. Yeah. yeah. They put him on commercials, and he has his little spots with Fox and 
on Sunday mornings. He does a good job. He does. He does does really good. All right, so we were talking some uh, some jersey numbers there for young Longhorns. If you don't know, Arch is wearing 16 for Texas. Been talking some Longhorn stuff. Get back into that. Some NFL franchise tag talk. John Morant, is he going to be back on the floor for the playoffs at all, or is this a 50-game suspension he's looking at? We've been talking about all that, and we'll keep you up to date on anything we hear on the NFL franchise tag situation. That deadline comes up at, I think, 3 o'clock clock this afternoon right now though it's where we at in society with zay here we go where are we at in society today all right zay what's going on do i need to go to twitter where all the kids are hanging out yeah go to twitter Mm. and speaking of kids this is about a kid rudolph blaze ingram class of 2029 athlete oh lord very good at pop warner football Uh was offered yesterday class of 2029 11 years old by the coach for Florida A&M. No. Wow. Full ride, full scholarship. 11 years old. I sent you multiple videos, Chad, of him talking to coach and also him going crazy. He's a running back. Wow. Again, he's an athlete, so he could do a little bit of everything. Uh He looks like B. John Robinson with dreads. And yeah, oh, yeah, he kind of does. He's nice. You're right. He's a very good player. He's but al- this is the problem. After a great talk with Coach, proud to announce I've received my first offer from Famu at Famu Athletics and will be attending the spring game. Okay, so what's even legal? What's crazier, Zay, that he sent out that tweet, or that there's a Florida A and M fan <laughs> out there that's excited to go to the spring game to see an 11 year old. <laughs> Come I mean, on, man. And I, I've been through this kid's videos, and it goes back to the Lonzo Ball, LaMelo Ball, LeVar Ball situation. Like, he's doing medicine ball drills, running up hills and stuff. You're going to burn the kid out. You're going to burn him out. Oh, my God. Class of 20. Okay, his Twitter says, class of 29, athlete, football and track, IG Blaze underscore 813. He has 630. Thousand followers, isn't that bonkers? Out of Tampa, kids, eleven years old, and his Twitter—it's at Blaze underscore eight one three. But then the the name is Fire Emoji Blaze Fire Emoji. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, he's a track kid, so he has Blazers there. Oh my lord! Uh, so I get the Blaze name. I get it. Rudolph Blaze Ingram. I'm assuming this is a name, right? Like a fight name. Or is this a given name? Did they name, is his middle name Blaze? Would you be surprised if it was? No, that'd be kind of cool, actually. Rudolph Blaze Ingram. Oh, my goodness. Received his first offer at age 11. Like, this is just too much. It's just too much. Like, I remember, I I would have Baby Gronk. He would hit me up when I was producer for B&E to be like, yo, you're the producer. Talk about me. Let Bucky and Aaron know I'm out here. Because he's just like this. Like, go type in Baby Gronk. I'll, I'll send you stuff. I have DMs from him. Now, how old is Baby Gronk right now? Around that age. 11? Around maybe, if that. The first crazy one I remember hearing was an eighth grader. I remember for, we heard, I can't remember who it was that offered an eighth grader, and people flipped out. Oh, my God, an eighth grader. That kid is, what's that, 14? Yeah. 13, 14, and now we're talking about 11. That kid is in third grade? Now, I want to say grade? There, there is an eighth grader that was just offered. Because he plays high school and they just won state. So I get that. Okay. Like he's playing against 17, 18 year olds. 
obviously being in the eighth grade, it's yeah. you know probably private school, <laughs> but still. I get that. Uh, class of 29. 11 years old. Class of 29. Like, this kid uh, is going to have a huge head. Like, how can you not? Man. He's got, yeah, this will be, be a real test. This will be even more than maybe even the LeBron expectation. LeBron's expectation, I don't even know if it started at 11. I think it was a little after that, wasn't it? Was uh, it quite that early? I don't know. Like, where, during recess, are you doing drills like these guys did at the Combine? Well, everybody's playing kickball and stuff. You're over here on the sidelines working on your game, working uh, on your speed and your lateral quickness. Okay, so I agree with the basics of everything you're saying, Zay. Here's my follow-up because you're a combine freak like I am. If tonight I texted you that I found a vertical jump for the kid and I just sent it to you, would you look? <laughs> yeah, I definitely would. <laughs> I would, I would too. <laughs> I look. would too. If someone in the next ten minutes sent me, hey, here's the kid running the forty. Like I'd watch. I would. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> talent is talent. What? Hey, Zay. If I'm gonna say it in other conversations, I have to say it and mean it in this one. If you're good enough, you're old enough. <laughs> oh, stop it. I mean, when it comes to talent. When it comes, don't you watch AGT? Don't you watch these little 8 and 10 and 12-year-old kids walk on that stage and just blow you away with a voice or or some trick they can do or a magician or what? Yeah, love that stuff. If you're big time, you're big time. I just hope, and you make a great point, though, I would love to know. I would love to just go fly on the wall, invisible man, one, like, let's just see what a dinner looks like at the house. What's he dealing with on a day-to-day? Just how big an ego are we talking about? When that kid goes to school, if he does, or I don't know if it's, is he Yo, going to. And he a Florida boy, too. We know the athletes that come out of there. Right. He's a, the kid's in, ta- in the Tampa area. Yeah. So is he going to, you know, does he go to a public school? Does he go to a private school? Is he homeschooled? I'm not sure about that. But what is he going through? And then would we come out of that and go, this kid's got no shot. No shot. It's going to be destroyed <laughs> somewhere along the way because of that person or this or him or what or would we come out of it and go oh my god that kid at 11 is 10 times more mature than i am right now but if you're the florida a&m coach shame on you dog shame on you what are you doing you're a part of the problem like you're at florida a&m it's already going to be tough to recruit anyway mm-hmm. so i he's trying to put on the show to maybe get them seen i don't know but it's just let these kids be kids, Chad. Like, what what happened to going on vacation and wanting to be a superhero and wearing the cape? Those days are gone. You don't know that he doesn't want to be a superhero. He just might also want to be a Florida A and M Rattler. <laughs> oh my god! He's going to the like, spring game. Look at the picture I just sent you right. of Baby Gronk. This dude has a picture of Mark Wahlberg, and he has on more ice than Sauce Gardner <laughs> with his chains. Baby Gronk and Wahlberg took the time to take a picture. That's what I'm saying. It's just. I think that's Mark Wahlberg's fault that he took the picture. He probably I guess the parents' fault, walking. and I don't want little Blaze. I don't want him when he gets around 20 to have knee issues or. I definitely don't want that. You know, what we're seeing with the Ball Brothers. And there's an ESPN article that just came out talking about, man, these guys coming into the league with everything that happens in AAU and how much they play. They come in the league with battered bodies. And that's what I've been trying to say like this whole time. Like mm-hmm. somebody who's been through it, somebody that used to have 6 a.m. workouts 
as a kid, my dad and my mom, they did such a good job of allowing me to have another life and hang out with my friends and go on cruises and do everything that wasn't basketball. But when it was time for basketball, I was locked in. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But you have to balance that. And, you know, when you see stuff like Baby Gronk and this Blaze kid, it just makes you wonder about these parents, man. On a completely different topic, did I mention that that double cut at the beginning of the video is pretty badass? Oh, did you it's see nasty. The, that? <laughs> yo, <laughs> yo, I'm not gonna lie. Oh, oh boy's got God. some moves. Oh my lord. Oh, oh boy's got some moves. Ah, uh, I feel bad for how much I enjoyed that video, and I may have enjoyed that video for wrong the wrong reasons. Uh, we will wish nothing but the best to Blaze and his family, and hope it works out. Class of 29. <laughs> what do you call that? Is that the preflex? The pre preflex? Is that the elementary flex? What it's, the heck is something? My God, 11 years old. That is amazing. All right, there is uh, where we at, and I'm not sure what that tells us about where we're at right now. Up next, though, your two o'clock hour. Oh, good grief. Uh, Zay, a little while ago, was talking about. Bronny James and what everyone thinks of Bronny James. Somebody, one of the services, just gave Bronny some serious love. We'll see what Zay thinks of that. NFL franchise tag day and John Morant trying to get back on the floor. But is it even possible? We'll talk about it on the horn.